You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Good morning. How's everyone? So good. So, so fun to be in church. Did you have a good week? Yeah, my wife and I celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary this weekend. Super awesome. We are making it, and it is good. It's really nice when you still like to be around each other, you know? It's always helpful. We have, uh, if you're new to the Renew Life Church, my name's Cody, I'm the campus pastor. My wife, Stacy, is our children's pastor. Her and her team are doing an incredible job loving on kids. We're, we are pumping some kids in and out of this place. Um, regularly, there's 240 kids in the back. So uh, pray for them, all of those things, but our kids are growing, they're learning, they're experiencing amazing things. We ourselves have four kids, our oldest daughter, she's 14, pretty incredible girl. I don't know if Presley's in here. She might be actually in a classroom serving. Um, Beautiful, sweet. Um, Our son is 11, one of the tenderest hearts you've ever been around. We'll just fall into a puddle in the presence of the Lord right now. Um, Pray for him, he's at home, he's not feeling good today, so he stayed home. Um, And then we have a daughter that is seven, her name is Griffy, or Griffin, we call her Griffy. She is attached to my hip most days. In fact, she stayed for the second service so she could ride home with me after church. And so I love her very much. And then Collins, she will be three in November, and right now everything is princess. Uh, If she wears a skirt with a shirt that is a tank top, She has a princess dress on still. That's how she rolls right now. Uh, If she has a braid in her hair, she is a princess of some sort. Might be Anna, might be Elsa. I don't know if y'all do the Frozen thing or not, but if you don't, don't throw stones at our house. Uh, They'll bounce off. We uh, don't receive them. But she loves anything that is princess. And so that is just a tiny bit about our family and some of the incredible things that have got to happen to us in 16 years. So um, we went and got massages on our 16th anniversary. Uh, How many of y'all know about Relax House? Come on, somebody. It's the best thing ever. You get to go. It's cheap. First and foremost, it's cheap. No, it's like 40 bucks for an hour massage. And you get to keep your clothes on. So it's like, there's no risk involved, you know? And then we ate a hamburger, so amen. It was great. If you have a Bible, turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, I'll get there in just a minute. But uh, in Ephesians one, God makes some pretty cool statements, uh, or Ephesians one makes some really cool statements about God. It says, God used his his power to raise Jesus from the dead. This is Ephesians 1. And it says, in that, by that same power, God made him, Jesus, to sit at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above rule, far above power, par, far above dominion, above every name that is on the earth and under the earth. God raised Jesus from the dead and then made him sit at his right hand. 
It's a beautiful thing. That's that's gonna kind of be a theme throughout the message uh, as we move forward. But in Ephesians chapter two, it says this, and you, say me, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and and in sins, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Say, that's not me. Praise the Lord. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse six, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest you should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Beautiful set of scriptures. I'm gonna pray and then we'll dive into this a little further. Uh, Father, thank you. Thank you for the, the divine nature that you possess and that you release. I thank you for divine encounters with you today, divine encounters with your word today. I think that you would cause some things on the inside of us to align as we hear your word, as we dive into your word. Pray that you would teach us uh, through ears to hear and eyes to see uh, what you're saying and what you're doing. I pray that you would give us supernatural ability to discern the times and the seasons, that we would walk in your truth, the fullness of your truth, that we would walk in the fullness of who you've designed us to be, and it comes from the empowerment of the living word of God. So we receive life and we receive power as we hear your word. In Jesus' name, if you agree, give me a good amen. 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 Uh, As people, have you ever noticed how we complicate things that shouldn't be complicated? How many of you said yeah and you're talking about your spouse? (laughs) I didn't say yeah because my spouse is not in the room to defend herself. Um, But I think Sarah said yeah according to Kyle. So (laughs) no. Take, for instance, just living in general. Like, we overcomplicate living like crazy. They say like, you need four main things to survive. I know we're not talking about survival, we're talking about living, but four main things to survive, and I'll add something to it in a minute, but you need water, you need food, you need oxygen, and you need shelter to survive. To, to, to be alive or to live, let's add uh, connection, because you need connection to live. Somebody needs to hear that. If you are not connected, you're not fully living. God designed you as he did man in the garden to have a helpmate connection. So we need connection, food, water, oxygen, shelter. And for for our sake, you need clothing. Amen? (laughs) But it's become way more complex than that. Now we need coffee to live. Some of y'all ladies, you're like, man, if somebody sees me without makeup, I will die. (laughs) 
Maybe men too, I don't know. Let's keep that in our back pocket. Social media, gotta have it. Doesn't feel like the day's complete. Music, gotta have it. TV, entertainment, electronics seem to be something that have become essential parts of who we are in our existence. And if there aren't certain things that happen in our day around those things, we don't feel like we're alive or feel like we're a little part of us is dying every day. One of the best things that you can do as a parent, if you want to just punish your kids or slowly just cause pain in their life for whatever reason, for fun, just kidding, don't do that. Only when they need it is just take electronics away from them. You get, automatically you get people that you like in your house again. It's the strangest thing. Scott and I were talking about this the other day at a football game. Man, you just take, just take a phone away from a, from, a, from a child, all of a sudden it's like, where has this child been hiding all my life? They automatically start doing things around the house that you didn't ask them to do. They come out of their rooms. Lots of things happen when you take electronics. After they figure out that they're not gonna die without their phone, they start living again, amen? I know I'm being light and funny, but we've overcomplicated living in such a massive way. Uh, take for instance, buying a car. One of the simplest things, but it's so hard. It's like, bro, why are you playing with my emotions? It's either you can make this deal or you can't make this deal. It's either yes or no and everything else is from the evil one. Who do you work for? Like that's how I feel when I go into a car dealership. Like it's, it's way too complicated. I'm like, listen bro, seriously, if you go into that sales manager's office one more again and you come out of there one more again with a different price than what we talked about, it's about to be five-fold ministry all up in this showroom right now. <laughs> Nothing but spraying and praying. I'll turn it sideways if I have to. Don't mess with my emotions. This has gone too far. It's way too complicated. I guess they got like car vending machines now. I don't know how complicated that is, but what happens if you push like D9, but you meant to push D7? You know, and it's like you wanted the, the, the Toyota Corolla and it came out like as something that was way worse than that. I don't know about that. It's like when you want a bag of Doritos and you get a Snickers. I, it's, I don't know about the car Vana dealer thing. It's just, it's, just, it's just too hard. Just make it easier. Midlanders would understand this right now. I'm not gonna say anything after I say what I'm gonna say because I imagine your response is gonna say everything that should be said. Something that's way more complicated than it should be. Midland, Texas construction. <laughs> Let's pray real fast for them. Lord Jesus, do what you can with what you got. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It just shouldn't be this way. There should be like, there should be rules. And I'm pretty sure that whatever the rules were, they crumbled those up and they just threw them out. So we're praying for them. No, we make things way, way, way more complicated than, um, than we should. I, I just turned 40, which is really, actually really great. And as I was alone in the mountains on a trip, I just was talking to the Lord about like just this new season of my life. And I was like, Lord, I, I just really am asking for simplicity. Like, I just, want, I just want things to just be simple for a while. You ever feel like everything that you're in the middle of is just complicated? Everything is like, like 
the biggest massive decisions that have the hugest implications in the world? I don't know if that's what being an adult's like, but I'm gonna ask for some rewind in time. But I just was like, Lord, I just would love for things to just be simple. Like, like simple, like love God and love people, simple. You know? Like some Romans 8:28, like uh, the Lord works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Lord, I just want to love you and I'll let you work all the things out. I just want simple in this season. And oftentimes, even as we were reading the text this morning, Ephesians chapter two, we make even scripture and the principles of scripture really, really, really hard. We add things that we don't think that we're adding to scripture. We add things to grace and obtaining grace and obtaining salvation that aren't in the scripture, that Jesus actually never intended. We instantly complicate things. Just to recap a tiny bit of what I read, verse four through six says, but, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ, by grace you have been saved, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The first thing that you were designed to do after being raised up with Christ was to sit down, not run, not walk, and not work. But most of the time we do those things before being raised up and after being raised up. We think, well, here's the thing, I've got to pray and press in and I've got to fix myself and I've got to do all of these things. I've got to not go to the bar three times on Saturday night before I go to church on Sunday and then I could be redeemed and raised up with Christ. I then have died to myself and now I have received Jesus. Not true. There's nothing that you could actually do for the free gift of grace or salvation. Jesus actually paid all of that for you. You were paid at a high price is what the scripture says. Then we get saved and we give our life to Jesus and now we're raised up, we're redeemed. And in this scripture, as he talks about that you have been made to sit together in heavenly places with Christ, he's talking about, yes, your spiritual position. He's talking about who you are as a spirit. Yes, you are a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. When you got saved, I've gone through this multiple times, but when you got saved, your body and your soul didn't get saved. If you were chubby before, you're chubby after. If you're skinny before, you're skinny after. Your spirit, though, was made perfect. And it is this true identity, as Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 says, you died, but your real life is hidden. Amen? He's talking about your identity as a spirit, as a born-again child of God, but also your natural place uh, to run to the first time you were redeemed, but in every single morning is to the feet of Jesus just to have a sit down chat. That's what you're designed for. You're designed to come into these places, not run into these places, not, not, not get redeemed and get saved and then feel like now that I'm saved, I've got to do all of this stuff instantly. There is stuff for you to do, 100%. Every person in this room, the scripture says that you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You are designed to reconcile people to Jesus just like someone reconciled you to him as well. You've been given a ministry of reconciliation. However, please don't make the mistake 
of going and doing before you come in and you just sit and allow him to fill you. It's all throughout scripture. Jesus constantly went away. Constantly went away and prayed. The Apostle Paul, he talks about in Galatians, he talks about how he went into the wilderness for over three years and he received the ministry, the message of grace by Jesus in the wilderness from a place of not doing, just soaking. Just soaking in the presence of God, just soaking in his word, just sitting underneath his teaching, just receiving all of this information so that when he comes out, he speaks such a beautiful uh, gospel that it's recorded in two thirds of the New Testament. It's, un- it's unbelievable from this place of can I get away, can I sit, and can I rest? Challenging words for us as Americans, rest. It's a posture of stillness. When we're still, we rest. Psalm 46 tells us, be still and know that I am God. Be still and just know that I've got it worked out for you. It, but I, I, could, I could do this and I could move this around and I could save here and I could spin here and I could sell that. Just hold on, hold, just wait, just be still. Will you just be still and let my wisdom, God's wisdom get applied to your situation? I promise you it's better than yours. All of your wisdom, surrender to Jesus, is where it needs to be. If you'll just come and sit, if you'll just come and rest, if you'll just come and be still. I also think of Psalm 46 when he says be still, I also think of the moment when Jesus is in the boat and he's asleep in the front of the boat and disciples are freaking out because the winds and the waves are are coming against the boat in such a massive, massive way and they're freaking out thinking they're gonna die. He raises himself up and he says silence, be still. Sometimes I feel like Jesus talked to me like that. Because sometimes the inner parts of who I am look like the waves of that sea. My emotions are going all over the place. My thoughts are all over the place. I was just having a conversation in the back with, with a friend and he's like, man, I just, oh, man, more times than not, I just, I don't feel like I measure up to anything at all. And I'm like, uh-huh, congratulations, welcome to the club. Like your, your thoughts, even in, in your parenting and in your, what you do for a job, there are days that you feel like you win, there are days that you feel like you lose. Sometimes we look like the waters of that ocean that Jesus in one moment says, silence, just be still. And instantly there's this calm released over these waters. I believe that Jesus wants to release a calm over the waters of our soul, over the waters of our heart and the ways that we think, what we feel, what we're doing. It's a position of be still, it's so simple. And just receive for a moment. Will you just come to me and just be still? Will you just come to me and will you just receive something? I was thinking about a coach and it's football season, I don't know if there's any football fans, thinking about Coach Prime and all the things that are happening at University of Colorado, I think it's pretty wild and crazy, but uh, I did not stay up that late to watch the game. I am a Christian, preaching on Sunday, so I went to sleep earlier than that, but I wish I'd have stayed up and repented if I needed to. Anyways, um, 
heard it was an amazing game. But I was thinking about coach, like a coach. Doesn't matter if it's that coach or any other coach, but you think about a pregame speech and what happens and, and, and the room that it's happening in. The position of the coach is probably one where he's standing somewhere in the middle of a group of guys, a middle of the team, and he is standing, why? So that he projects in such a way that they actually hear him. But what is their posture like? Mostly on a knee or sitting. That, that, that moment of rallying them has more impact because they're in a position to receive his words. Now, let's think it, he took the same speech and said, hey guys, let's go out and win today, and he decides to use the speech and release the speech as they're running out of the tunnel onto the field. And everybody's just running next to him and he's just giving his speech as running. It's not landing at all. And that's how we deal with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, listen, I got, a, I got a pretty busy day today. So if you want to talk, walk and talk. Walk and talk. Come on, Jesus. You better talk a little faster because I'm about to arrive to my appointment in just a minute. And then I've got a 10 after that. And then I've got 1130. My last one was not till 330. So you better walk and you better talk fast. You ever notice how we invite Jesus to walk with us? When all the while the invitation was from him to us, for us to walk with him. The message translation talks about how he's like, just walk with me, learn from me. Let me teach you the unforced rhythms of my grace. And we're like, Jesus, I'm gonna invite you today to come and walk with me. Let's talk fast. I ain't got a whole lot of time. Got places to be. If I don't do my job, the whole thing is gonna sink. You're not that important. I love you. And Jesus loves you too, but it's not gonna sink. Might be bad. You'll get over bad. But you can't get over missing Jesus. You just can't. Mary, which part did she choose? She chose the part of sitting. We know the story, Martha, she's just worked up. Baking dough and it's rising and she's cleaning and She's filling up tea and all kinds of stuff. I don't even know if they have tea. <laughs> Sweet tea from Chicken Express. It's the best that there is with a little splash of lemonade. And she's mad. She's just mad. Mary's over there just sitting down, Jesus. What you gonna say about that? I'm doing all this stuff. You raised me up, now I'm doing all this stuff for you. She's just sitting there. Why? He's like, oh, she picked the better part and I'm not gonna take it away from her. He's calling us into this place of saying, just time out. Will you just sit with me? Will you just learn from me? Will you just receive from me? I will give you an empowerment to do the thing that you're called to do and it will be way better if you'll just wait for me to send you. Yes, I have called you to do something incredible, but just while I have called you, wait. And in the waiting, I'm gonna give you all of the things that you need so that when I send you, you'll actually not be lacking anything. Most of the time we get called by the Lord and then instantly we just, just take off. Just blinding people as we go. 
Just not because we had bad hearts. It's not what I'm saying. Yes, there is zeal and yes, there is, but sometimes it's just performance. Lord, I need to perform for you because I got saved and I appreciate the salvation, but man, I made some really bad mistakes. And since I've dug myself into this hole of sin again, I gotta work my way to get back out of it. That's not, that's not the gospel. That's opposite of the gospel. That's not, the, that's not Jesus, that's not even grace. That's works, that's law. You didn't do anything to receive it. You can't do anything to receive it again. Yes, there is a standard that he desires for you to live by that is the very, very best for you, but when you miss it, just get back in line and repent and say, I'm gonna live my life the best that I can towards you. And oftentimes that comes from just finding a place where you can just sit at the feet of Jesus. I said this earlier, but God raised Jesus in order that he would sit. And I would add that God raised you in order that you would also sit. Man, yeah, that sounds great, Pastor, but man, I got this prophetic word the other day. I'm about to do some stuff. According to this word, I'm about to set some things on fire. And I got to start moving, I got to start shaking, because if I don't, then who's gonna do it? And we start getting led by something prophetically. We value the prophetic, hear me. We, we value the word of the Lord coming through the voice of someone that is operating under a prophetic anointing, 100%. But we are spirit-led people, not prophetic word-led people. The first thing that you do in order to steward the word that you got is you take it to the Lord and you sit. Lord, what do you have to say about this? Lord, what is the timing of this? Lord, I don't wanna miss you. Lord, I have a, this word is incredible, but I, I'm just surrendering it to you. Lord, what do you have to say? Help me steward this, God. Most of the time we, we, we get a word and then we just start hustling and working and I'm gonna sell this, I'm gonna sell that and I'm not gonna eat any more food because I've gotta have energy to be able to do this. We make up all kinds of crazy excuses for what is about to take place in our life so that we could execute what God has called us to do. And he's like, just hold on. We just sit down for a minute. We just wait. We just submit it to me. Just let me speak into it. Let me pour something on it. Let me give you my input. It's like for some reason we think that the way that we're gonna hear the Lord about what he's speaking into our life is if we do it in the most inopportune times, like on a treadmill with AirPods in and a TV in front of us at the gym. It's like, no, 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 just eliminate all that. Just consecrate some time for him, separate yourself to him, and just take a seat. We just rest. I was given a book by uh, a gentleman, he's a, a church leader from China from the 1900s. His name is Watchman Nee. He's got an incredible story and he makes a really, really incredible statement. He says this, for Christianity begins not with a big do, but a big done. 
I'll read it one more time. For Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. Meaning, everything that Jesus has done for you is the starting place of Christianity. It has nothing to do with your big do, his big done. In Ephesians chapter one, verse three, it says this, blessed be the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The things that Jesus have done for you uh, through his death, burial, and resurrection, they didn't come from our efforts, they didn't come from our merit, they didn't come from the amount of money that we gave, they didn't come from the hours of prayer that we spent uh, in, in just soaking. No, they actually came through one man, Jesus, his, his obedience to the point of death on the cross. I'm gonna keep pounding grace because we've gotta get it. I'm gonna keep pounding grace because it should be our identity. It should be our default. Jesus did so that we can, 100%. Jesus took this place of rest. He had done all of this work. I would say going to the cross and carrying the cross and the way that all of it happened, tremendous amount of work, all of the prayer, all the preparation, everything was to this moment. He did the work and then it says he was redeemed, raised up, and then he was resurrected in order that he would sit. He took a rest. And I would propose to you that God also took rest, as scripture tells us, in the beginning. Genesis chapter two, two through three. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done. Then God blessed Look at this. Then God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because in it he rested from all of his work which he had created and made. The seventh day, one day of the week was designed for rest. Look what happened on the end of day six. Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God created man on the seventh day, but man's first full day on the earth was a day of rest. That'll sit in there and sizzle for a second. Adam was born and the first thing that he got to do was rest. He was formed, life was breathed into Adam. New life came and then the father said rest. Enjoy all that I have done. Enjoy all that I have created, just rest. This goes way against the way that we normally think. You've been breathed new life the moment that you gave life, your life to Jesus. Your old is gone, behold all things have become new. Newness is in you, you've been reborn. And he's saying rest, sit and receive. Get filled up. It's a new day every morning, fantastic, sit and receive. I don't have time to rest. See, like I have this job and it's just, mom's work's never done. 
True. That is a true statement, I think. You have to figure out a way to rest. In your job, you have to figure out a way to rest. Honestly, our excuses for not resting are oftentimes just arrogant and self-centered because we really do think that we're more important than we maybe actually really are. Yes, you are important. Please don't walk out of church and be like, yeah, the pastor told me I wasn't important. Just go watch the rain, listen to Keith Urban's song or some sad (laughs) crap. Anyways. You are important, but all I'm saying is Jesus had a lot and still has things under control. And your 24 hours of rest will not make the wheels fall off. But I propose that the wheels will fall off faster if you don't take a rest. Constantly trying to just keep things together all the while everything is just held on by 100 mile an hour duct tape. <laughs> That's what my granddad called it. Yeah, just slap some 100 mile an hour tape. It'll stay on in 100 miles an hour. I tried it. That's, that's, normally, <laughs> that's normally our, like, that's normally the way that we do things. Our life is held together by patches of duct tape and zip ties sometimes. We're doing everything that we can to not let the walls, I mean, the, the wheels fall off. And he's saying, if you'll just come to me and let me refresh you, I'll give you wisdom for tomorrow. I'll give you understanding that you need. I will be the thing that you need to make all of the difference in whatever you have tomorrow. Just come away with me. I was thinking about the woman caught in adultery in scripture and it says that the, the, the disciples, they catch this, I mean, not the disciples, not the disciples, the Pharisees, they catch this woman in the act of adultery and they throw, throw her into the middle of this, this place where Jesus is preaching a message. It says just and Jesus and the woman in the midst and they say, Jesus, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says, such a woman should be stoned. What do you say? Just constantly pressing against Jesus all of the time. We know the story and Jesus, he bends down and he begins to, he begins to write in the dirt, but notice his posture. He goes really low. He gets down on the ground and he just begins to doodle. And they keep pressing him, Jesus, what do you say? Jesus, what do you have to say? Is like this, just trying to get this knee jerk reaction out of Jesus. And when Jesus raises himself up, he releases out of his mouth wisdom. You who is without the sin, throw the first stone. I know that Jesus was God, but Jesus was also a man. And I just wonder if him going low and taking a moment to just go low in humility, did the Lord whisper wisdom into his mouth and did he release wisdom that changed an entire situation? Scripture doesn't say that. But I just wonder if oftentimes when Jesus went away to pray, as a man, he was getting filled with the wisdom of God so that he had enough to do just what was set before him that day. And then the next morning, he found himself away again.
How often are you finding yourself away with the Lord? How often are you just sitting or do you not have time? The Lord consecrated and blessed the seventh day, a day of rest. Are we blessing, honoring, and taking advantage of the very same thing that the Father himself, the creator of the heavens and the earth, also took advantage of? Not real good sometimes, if we're just being honest. It is what it is, we just admit it, do our best to live right more towards God than we ever have before. Starting at one o'clock on Sundays till one o'clock on Mondays, I take 24 hours of a Sabbath. There are people that will text me and say, I know you're on your Sabbath. Tomorrow will you call me? Because <laughs> there's just, oftentimes I just don't answer messages, I don't answer phone calls. I just turn it off for the most part. I don't do good every, sun, every 24 hours of that period of time, but I, I really, really try to execute that well. Because it, it, I have to make sure that I'm putting something back in at the beginning of my week because I'm giving something out all week. And so are you. We're no different. Not all of my giving is done through a church. And my giving out is done through the church. My giving, is done, my giving out is done through my kids. Am I the only one who has kids that they're waiting on you in the driveway before you put the car in park? And they're like knocking on your window. Dad, I got a scratch. See it? Some magnifying glass. I get, man, that's a bad scratch. We're always giving out. Are we allowing ourselves some moments of time to just receive something that is of value so that we're not walking around as accounts that are in the red and not in the black? Husbands, do you give your wife some opportunities to go just get refilled? Whatever that looks like to her. Wives, are you doing the same for your husbands? How well are you meeting each other's love language? Do you even speak each other's love language? Do you even know each other's love language? And these are all ways that we get refilled and they're all born of God. It's beautiful. Rest is required to accomplish the things that Jesus has called you to accomplish. And that doesn't happen when you're sleeping. Yes, it could be helpful, but it comes from you consecrating some time, setting some time apart to say, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Will you fill me up this morning? What direction should I go today? The Lord wants to have these moments of pure, beautiful time with you. I think it's time that we get back to a place of rest. One understanding that our position in Christ as spirits is that we are seated in heavenly places. You are, there's nothing that can change your spiritual identity. Second thing is that you need to get back to this place of honoring a Sabbath, honoring rest, filling yourself back up. I'll close with this and then I'll pray. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, I, I referenced this earlier. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. This is Jesus speaking. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And to me, that sounds simple. And I'm in. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.